this is episode 291 for March 2014, and that's a cover of the 1990s Spider-Man animated series by Jorge Carpio. On with the show. Hey, Crawl Spacers, welcome to our March edition of the podcast. Let me introduce who we've got on the panel. We've got JR. Happy March, JR. Well, happy March to you, but... Uh... Uh, I think I shall go by my Travoltified name from now on, Jake Ferguson. What's up, Jake? <laughs> Jake Ferguson, I love that. He really fumbled that woman's name, didn't he? Oh, my goodness. That woman? Uh, do, but, do you even know her name? I, 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 well, I can read it off of a teleprompter. <laughs> Indina Menzel. Oh, are you, that is, are you serious, yes. Brad? You don't even know her name? Dude, she's, well, she's a star of Wicked. And frozen, I know, but I, I, it doesn't. Idina Menzel doesn't really flow off the tongue, now, does it? Anyway, Jr. Jr. Does what you gonna do? Those two guys heckling me. Uh, that's Michael Bailey. Welcome, Michael. <laughs> I don't have a Travolta name because, um, yeah, I'm, I, I, I didn't do that. So but everybody else on the internet did that. Yeah, I, I've been busy, so. Let's plug Michael. You've got a new uh, Batman. Is it on views that it was released? Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I've just because of work, things have been like really crazy, so I haven't been yeah. able to podcast, do like my own shows as much as you know, like appearing on other people's shows. But a new views from Longbox just came out as of this recording, uh, and it's uh, kind of me rambling for about an hour about Batman. Uh, I don't know if it came out as coherent. I think I was half asleep through half of it. Um, but, you know, it was fun to do, and uh, because of that, and because of the 75th anniversary, even though this is a Spider-Man show, uh, I probably will be kind of bringing back, you know, on a very limited basis, Bailey's Batman podcast, so. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Uh, Viewsfromthelongbox.com, right? Or yes. FortressofBailey2.com slash Viewsfromthelongbox. No, I, I, I just... I just I just re-upped and paid the money for longbox.com. So damn it, we're gonna we're gonna pimp that one because that costs. <laughs> one more time, what's the URL? Viewsfromthelongbox.com. There you go. All right, and and uh, George is on the line. You listened to that his Batman show and said it was awesome. Uh, yeah, it was very entertaining, and yeah. um, and it, it Mike was right. It did sound like he was maybe on some cough syrup when he was. <laughs> Mike on cough syrup is better than most people sober. So I'm going to <laughs> No, but it was great cuz I li- you know I had it on in yeah. the background while I was making love to a woman and it worked really oh. well as that. I think it added that extra that extra oomph that I needed, you know, to really seal the deal at the end. Well, well what, what they found is that my voice has a certain bass level that No, I don't want to go into that. It's it's like Barry White on the sidelines coaching you while you're doing it. It's like if Barry White was reading comics, yeah, yeah. exactly. We really got the. Never mind. I'm My darling, uh, can't get enough <laughs> can't get of Spider Man, babe. Thwip, thwip, thwip. Oh, oh, wow. Uh, I immediately regret everywhere that this has led us. Oh, all right. Let's talk about reviews. People like what we say and sing, etc. We've got uh, two new ones in February. Thank you to Rick Lee James, who uh, wrote one on February 19th. Uh, the subject title is Amazing Comic Book Podcast. Five out of five stars. Uh, He says, I've always loved this podcast, but I have to say that it gets exponentially better when Michael Bailey's on. Great to have him back. Keep up the good work, gang. Great show. They love you. I'm making it rain. (laughs) (laughs) You're making it Bruce Wayne, yes. Oh, Um, you know what? That reminds me. 
Um, but, because I just thought, you know, as soon as he said I'm making it rain, I thought Candy Shop because that's my nickname for Bailey. <laughs> we, we have birthdays. Bailey and Brad both are a year older. Yeah, we. Uh, mine was on February 22nd, and Bailey's what day was yours again? Uh, kinda on the 28th. I'm a leap year baby, so I didn't have a That's birthday right. this year. So. I forgot you had the same birthday as Superman, February 29. But uh, right. <laughs> and I would like to point out that Brad is one year closer to 40 than I am. So you you turn 38, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. Uh, let's see. Gil- <laughs> Implicit in that was the f bomb that didn't get said. Oh yeah, I, I, I self censored the hell out of that, <laughs> Bailey. <laughs> Uh, Gil T. I love that name. His first name is Gil. Last name T. Gil T. I, I see. That's very clever. Uh, he said, search, <laughs> "Search and ye shall find." Is the subject. He gives us five out of five stars. I was searching on iTunes to find out how my own podcast, the Nerd Up Podcast, nice little plug there, would be found on searches and found the crawlspace. I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. I've been for the last 40 years that I can remember. Yeah, I'm that old. These guys bring out all the fun that is Spider-Man and know what it is that makes the world of Spider-Man so popular. These guys get it, all in caps. Thanks. I am now addicted to your podcast. So thank you, Guilty. I appreciate that. Uh, check out his again, Nerd Up Podcast. I like how that's just nerd up. Like, like it's something you got to tell somebody that you know to get in game. <laughs> Look, uh, you, you better nerd up. And you better bring nerd that, up. Bring son. that mylar out because it's it's about to get real up in this well, joint. Who, who sang that song? Word up. Cameo. In the, cameo. Word up. Uh, nah, 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 nerd up. Okay, never mind. Uh, also, before we start the uh, the news portion of the sec- of the show, I've been meaning to give a personal thank you to Craig. Uh, he's from Canada, and every month he has donated three dollars and ninety nine cents. To my website. If you go on the front page, there's a little uh, donate to the site, and he says uh, that we provide so much entertainment, it's worth the value of a 3.99 comic book every month. So, Craig, I appreciate that, and uh, I've been meaning to thank you personally on the air for that. Uh, so, hey, jo- thank you, sir. Jomo. Yes, well, sir. First of all, thank you, Craig. But second, what this proves is that uh, it's time to move to a subscription model. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna charge people for the show. <laughs> I'm joking, dude. That would... <laughs> well, well, theoretically, we could like do additional yeah. content. You could have like the 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 after hours uh, crawlspace oh. podcast for like you know two ninety nine a month. Maybe we could all video it. We'd all be in robes, like Hugh Hefner. Look, he... yeah, no, nobody'd pay for that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, if you really like George, if you if you really <laughs> like the podcast, plunk down some money and you can watch us. <laughs> that feels creepy to me. I don't know, Jr. Would you be up for that? Uh, I haven't been up for anything in a very, very long time. <laughs> this is, see, this is the kind of content that we could provide if this we were subscriptions. Crawl space blue. Yeah, you've, I mean, if, you, if, 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 if Brad and Baylor are one in two years away from uh, forty, uh, <laughs> I, I think that ship sailed a long time ago for me. <laughs> Okay, so we've decided not to go that route? Okay, so sorry. <laughs> All right, uh, speaking of money, how's that for a segue, gang? Uh, we're going to talk a bit about the ultimate Spider-Man's broke. Uh, Drake Bell, who does the voice acting of the ultimate Spider-Man cartoon, evidently, according to U.S. Weekly, has filed for bankruptcy. George, what's going on? Uh, he's bankrupt, Brad. All right, next topic. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Oh my God. 
<laughs> well, at least, hey, that's more general than what Jr. does. Jr. just like, let's go to Jr. Jr. What? Tell us about this. Jr. just like, suck it. <laughs> Next. <laughs> now this is okay. So apparently Drake Bell uh, owns like a half, million and a half dollars, one point five mil. Okay. Uh, I think he bought a house that was like four hundred grand or something like that at one point, like uh, several years ago. I've got his expenses in front. Yeah, of me no, I'm looking, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. So in, in 2012, uh, he gets uh, almost half a million. He gets 400,000. I'm assuming that was mostly voice work. I don't know. I, I just found out that he's also like some kind of recording star. I never knew this. I just thought he was the guy who's done the most annoying Spider-Man voice ever of all time. <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> what? That was uh, that was pretty fantastic, there, sir. Oh, I mean. <laughs> I just don't like. I, I hate the way he does Spider-Man's voice. He does him like a twelve-year-old. It's annoying. A twelve-year-old with ADD. But anyway, and no, ADD and no money. Okay, and no sir. money. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so in twenty thirteen. Okay, so from twenty twelve, where he makes four hundred grand. In twenty thirteen, his total earnings were fourteen grand. You don't fast food workers make more than fourteen grand a year? I, I struggled with three jobs one year, and I made four, more than fourteen grand. It, I mean, what is minimum wage for a year? What is that? I don't, I don't know, but it's it's got to be more than fourteen grand. Now, it's very, it's, gotta, yeah. it's very feasible, I, I guess, huh? I figured he'd be earning some money off of like reruns of uh, Drake, uh, Josh and Drake, or whatever that show was called that he was on. Think you think like it'd be more than fourteen grand? And, no, not only that. I mean, basically, did they just record everything in two thousand twelve that was released last year, and he just that, didn't do any work? That's what I was wondering. Yeah, is it that is is it feast or famine for these voice people? It is, uh, from what I understand in, in, in listening to interviews, because the guy, um, what was his name, Rob Paulson, who was the voice of Pinky on Pinky's Brain, as well as he was Yak, uh, Yakko, and he was one of the Turtles and all that. He's been a, a prolific voice artist for, like, decades now. He had a podcast at one point, and apparently, unless you, unless you hustle, you don't make money doing voiceover work. Wow. Hmm. Well, you know, one thing that uh, that has got to change for Drake Bell is monthly expenses are eighteen grand. I want to repeat. I want to repeat this. Drake Bell's <laughs> monthly expenses are eighteen grand. Uh, what? What in the world? Charlie Sheen wakes up every morning, <laughs> knee deep in hookers and blow, and his monthly expenses aren't eighteen grand. Uh, I I did the math a little bit. Uh, seven and a quarter is the minimum wage, at least in Missouri. And you do that times 40, and then do that some times uh, 50 weeks out of the year. I'm assuming he gets two weeks vacation. That would be $14,500 a year if you make seven and a quarter an hour. I, I just don't – I mean, I feel sorry for the kid. You know, but, uh, the kid. What is he? I don't know. He's like 37. Um, I feel sorry for the guy, because, you know, because he um, – you know, because he's – you know, he's, bankruptcy sucks for anybody. You, you know, you don't wish down on anybody. No, but at well, the same time, son, eighteen grand a month. Well, yeah. b- but also, is that counting not only like you know a mortgage and food and car payments, but also he's probably got a publicist, he's probably got a manager. You know, I watched this really interesting documentary. Uh, uh, it was on Netflix, and it was basically about character actors and what their lives are really like. And they interviewed a bunch of people you'd recognize because you see them on television all the time, but. Mm-hmm. Basically, unless you're like a successful film actor, or you you make it onto a series like NCIS or Friends or something where you have uh, you know where you have a pretty decent income per episode, 
they're basically being paid per job and they don't really pay you all that much compared to the other actors on the show. And you have to give like, like half of that to the government. And then a, a percentage goes to your manager. If you have a publicist, a percentage goes to the publicist because they're the ones that are keeping you working. And by the end of it, you're not really earning all that much money. Mm. I, 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 my guess is that that big chunk of 18000 probably is a, a mortgage on a, what, a half a million dollar home probably. And it's mm-hmm. time to sell the damn home. Yeah. No yeah. doubt. And the cars. It's time to sell. Well, we well, move out. into an apartment and get a Yugo. What would you I was going to say, out in California, though, a half a million dollar home is probably not that uh, impressive. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's true. To be yeah, honest. That's another good piece of advice. Get the hell out of California. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Cost of living there is incredibly awful, I, I hear. Man. JR, any thoughts on uh, Spider-Man's Broke? <laughs> is he going to move in with Robbie, Robbie's son? <laughs> well, uh, I don't know. Maybe he can go look for a job now because that's so topical, right? You know, he can hook up with Mayor Bloomberg in a uh, promotional comic book. And uh, when, everybody, when everybody says, hey, haven't we seen this before, Joe Quesada will say, yeah, but there's a 10-year-old that hasn't read it, and it's completely new to him. So. <laughs> Yuck, 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 that Drake Bell luck. <laughs> All right. Uh, we've got a ton of news this uh, hour that we're going to get through, so we're going to move it at this a hour. quick pace. Yeah, with all this news. This hour. This hour. Yeah, if you'd shut up, we'd be having an hour. All right. Anyway. Wow. <laughs> Zing. All right. Uh, let's do a Ditko story. Uh, JR, you've got this one. Evidently, uh, an old Wizard magazine says that Ditko was interested or approached about starting the 2099 universe. Well, uh, first of all, you said this was an old Wizard magazine, right? Mm-hmm. So how is that news? I mean, uh, you know. If... <laughs> Suck it, Douglas. <laughs> yeah. I like how every topic has, Brad, you suck. All right, we're going to talk about... about uh... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> my heavens well it's news because I discovered it and by god I pay the bill so it's news <laughs> call me Rupert Murdoch damn it <laughs> <laughs> there we go the golden rule he who has the gold makes the rules alright beyonder alright well let's, let's, let's give this a shot breaking news from the wizard shut up <laughs> so, so suck it Douglas has now been replaced by dance monkey dance <laughs> Breaking news from 2002, <laughs> which is actual, which which is is reporting news from 1992. Remember, you heard it here first on the Crawl Space podcast. <laughs> Oh. Given the median age of the people that listen to this show, this is probably the first time they're hearing this. So. <laughs> oh, now you now now you're sounding like Casada. You know, I, <laughs> this was. I don't think the majority of people have heard this. I, I, I we're relying on you to convey okay, to uh, the world too. Okay. Well, okay. In fairness to people who who read it, you know, twelve years ago, probably forgot it. So let's cover it again, like it's new. <laughs> right. <laughs> Holy cow! Did you guys realize that uh, Ditko was off, was offered a chance to jump in on twenty ninety nine? Holy cow! Um, anyway. <laughs> Uh, I don't know how to recover from this. Uh, anyway, anyway, okay. Let me let me take a deep breath here. Anyway, back uh, as yeah. Be sure to suck it. Yeah. 
<laughs> as, as Marvel historians know, uh, back in uh, around the early 1990s, Marvel tried to, or Marvel experimented with a uh, 2099 line. Basically, uh, its characters or, its, or derivatives of its famous characters, but it was the year 2099 in a, a cohesive future uni- future time period, uh, which <laughs> unfortunately keeps getting closer and closer all the time. Uh, yeah. You know, and after all, last year we just passed Days of Future Past, or was it, yeah, Days of Days of Future Past? Yeah, right. we just passed that. Uh, we've got uh, Kill Raven coming up here in a few years. Uh, we passed Deathlock some time ago, so 2099 is next. Uh, forget Iron Man 2020. That's, oh, I forgot that, Iron Man 2020. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it started out with four titles that I recall. It was Spider-Man 2099, Doom 2099. Um, oh, God, there was another not, not Marvel Punisher. Thank you, thank you, Punisher 2099. And then a brand-new character called Ravage. And I don't know what the hell... <laughs> Ravage's gimmick was, but anyway, the, the he was created was, by Stan Lee. That yeah, was Stan that Lee was writing it. Yeah, yep. there's the gimmick. So anyway, so Stan, <laughs> so Stan created this new character, and I guess you know Tom DeFalco and Stan are just kind of you know sitting around in the off, you know, sitting the, uh, around the office, uh, you know, uh, doing some fat ones and uh, <laughs> doing some fat ones. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna die. These are well. These are Stella Bowman fat ones. Okay, I don't know what you're, you know. I, you know, I, I don't. I don't know which fat ones you're thinking about, George. And maybe I don't want to. But anyway, they're, they're innocent. They're Oreo cookies or something. Yeah. Anyway, so Stan, anyway, Tom's telling us the Falco's telling this story, and you know, Stan is just wistfully thinking that he'd like to work with Ditko again. And so, you know, DeFalco says, hey, I'll give Steve a call, and, you know, who knows, maybe history will be made. You know, so so Steve answers, and Steve shows up, and apparently seems to be genuinely interested in the job. And Stan and Steve sit like two old friends, as if, you know, no time had passed, and they actually liked each other, which apparently was not the case when they actually worked together back in the <laughs> 1960s. Um but uh, so anyway, so Steve laid out his uh, yeah. for Ravage 2099, mm-hmm. um, and of course there was some back and forth, you know, with Ditko. Obviously, they're you know it's uh, it's uh, rather passionate, uh, and eventually Ditko just turned down the project. DeFalco says he cordially turned down the project, and DeFalco says he just didn't agree with some of the philosophical underpinnings, which in other words means that Stan wouldn't let Ravage call people dirty. Uh, but uh, dirty there was what was that I I quoted you right didn't I George yes dirty hippies (laughs) dirty hippies yeah anyway so Steve leaves the office and uh, Stan walks over to Tom and uh, (laughs) Tom can you tell me why Steve left Spider-Man all those years ago and of course that was that was that was a uh, enough to uh, rouse Tom out of his uh, marijuana induced haze and Stan, Stan Stan I was in high school at the time you old codger uh jeez I mean do you know you know uh and Stan goes well uh next time you talk to Steve why don't you ask him I've always been curious you know, wah, have, yeah. wah, you know, I, I don't know whether this is a joke. This has got to be utterly pathetic. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, 
but then, it, uh, but then again, if if I guess what what has been said about Stan has been true, and uh, uh, you know that he doesn't like confrontations and that he shies away from them, and you know uh, sometimes won't uh, isn't uh, isn't willing to kind of you know suck it up and uh, do what needs to be done. I guess this isn't that unusual. But well, they they eventually gave the book to Paul Ryan, who had a long run on uh, Fantastic Four in the '90s with Tom DeFalco. And the book just and now, didn't and now he's class. a senator, so it's uh, everything's really working out there. <laughs> That's funny. Hey, Brad. Uh, yeah. The funniest part of all this is you you posted this up on the main page, mm-hmm. and you and February fifth. Yeah, you yeah. ran a bit from uh, Sean Howe's either his Twitter feed or his uh, Facebook feed or something. Right. And of course, underneath that, it has these automatically generated robot you know site spam links. Under Steve Ditko, recent news, and I'd like to read off some of these, if I may. Oh, okay, oh, feel free. <laughs> so these are, you know, everybody sees these, right? These are like the spam that you see on just about every goddamn page now in the internet age. It's, it's just random. It's just uh, random robot-generated trash. Yeah. Right. And so here's what Skynet is giving us as Steve Ditko news. <laughs> uh, it says Steve Ditko recent news. Are you ready for this? Yeah, I hit it. Steve Ditko single again. Steve Ditko goes Gangnam style Steve Ditko engaged Steve Ditko's dog recovering from surgery Steve Ditko is the highest paid cartoonist in the world There you go Steve Ditko named sexiest cartoonist alive Steve Ditko times person of the year 2014 <laughs> My personal favorite next. Steve Ditko to be a dad? <laughs> hey, if Tony Randall did it. <laughs> Steve Ditko. And then the last one, Death Hoax. Oh. Death Hoax says Steve Ditko dies at 86. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's hysterical. I have to share uh, a story with uh, oh, JR, Mr. Bailey. Uh, last night, uh, George and I were recording our satellite segment, and we were recording our. Um, a Fight Club segment, which you can find the Fight Club. I edited it pretty quick. It's out on the front page right now. Uh, so w- when we were not recording, we were talking a little bit about Steve Ditko. And I said, you know what? I, I want to write him a letter because I've seen on the Internet that people write Steve a letter, and he writes them back. And then I'd have like a, a, essentially like an autograph from Steve Ditko, which is what I'd like. So um, I said, George, take a look at uh, these pictures on the web of these letters that people have scanned, and they're from Steve Ditko declining interviews and saying thank you and stuff like that. So I then click on the Google Images, and I'm looking at all these uh, these letters, and uh, George is looking at it with me, and he goes, who's that hot blonde? Uh, like in a sea of letters, there's a hot blonde picture. And I'm like, I don't know, and all it takes is... George to say hot blonde, and I'm clicking on it. Uh, <laughs> so I click on it, and there's an 80-ish year, 80-year-old man. I'd, he looks 80, doesn't he, George? No, maybe late 70s he's or something. Late 70s. He's an older man, got gray hair, wearing a denim jacket. Hold, what kind of beer was he holding, George? It was a Bex. Him and the hot blonde were both drinking Bex, Brad. Bex, Bex beer. Oh, so they're and, discerning drinkers. <laughs> so... Uh, imagine a 70- or 80-year-old man dancing with a very hot blonde at what looks like a party. So I click on View Page, and it says, 
photographer catches Steve Ditko partying at his granddaughter's wedding. And he doesn't like the, the pictures of, uh, that the photographer is taking, so he walks away. So there's like a shot of him dancing with the blonde, then the back of his head, then the side of his head. And it's on a message board, and it says uh, a modern picture of Steve Ditko or something like that. And I'm like, oh, my God, George, I found Bigfoot. <laughs> t- t- talk a little bit, George. I mean, I was going nuts. Oh, I'm going to talk. Oh, hell yeah, you'll bet I'll talk about this. So Brad sees this, and I'm like, Brad, this is not Steve Ditko. And Brad is like, dude, the thing says, and it's Ditko, and it's got to be him. It's got to be him, which equates to I really want it to be him. Yeah, I really want it to be him. Not, you know, and I'm like, okay, well, let's do a little bit of you know, just basic investigative work, you know, journalism, and, um, <laughs> and let's apply it. First of all, let's, let's look at the story. Let's yeah. look up the name of the photographer. Oh, the internet returns nothing on this photographer? Okay. Well, let's look up the person in the wedding. Oh, the internet's turning up nothing on the wedding? And I'm like, Brad, this isn't Steve Ditko. This is somebody having a joke or running a gag or something. And Brad's like, no, I'm, I'm through the looking glass here, man. White is black and black is white. I am JFK on this. This is Ditko, damn it. And I'm like examining that picture from the 60s of his nose, and it matches the man's nose. It doesn't match him at all. It doesn't look anything like Steve Ditko. It does too, damn it. He has the same damn nose. Okay, JR. No, Bailey. Okay. I sent you the link. Does that look like Ditko in any way? I call shenanigans because when he's walking when he's walking away. Hey, George, what's that place with all the shit on the walls and the cheese sticks you like so much? Oh, sorry. You mean shenanigans? <laughs> oh, um, nice. The uh, when he's walking away, there is not like a bunch of artwork in a trash can, like in the foreground. So obviously, it's not Steve Ditko walking away. If you go by the, what the forum says, it's, uh, he's at his granddaughter's wedding. I want to okay, highlight so. that again. By what the forum says. <laughs> oh, exactly. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So no, it doesn't did... look a thing like Steve Ditko. I'm sorry. Okay, I thought it. Did. Okay, so no. Wait, wait hang on. So, so no 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 I'm, I'm taking over. I'm sorry. You said George jump in. That's it. I, I'm, so so I'm t- I'm telling you know Brad the journalist. You know Brad, you're, you're wanting this to be true. You're not looking at the obvious clues that you know that you should be looking at. Like we can't find anything else on this about the internet. No one. This is a year old. Rich Johnson hasn't talked about. It. There's only two things Rich Johnson talks about: Alan Moore or Steve Ditko. You know. And I, so I'm like. Brad, this this is not this is not for reals. So Brad at two a we man this is before the show. We managed to get past it after half an hour of going down the rabbit hole. We do this we we we, we cover the satellites, we cover Fight Club, we cover the cartoons, and then Brad sends yeah. an email at two AM to Tom DeFalco. Oh my god. <laughs> Why? And then he, leave this man alone. No, and then he drops it no. and then he drops it on the Ditcomania Facebook page. Now, okay, Brad, you, you pick it up from there. At two AM. Oh. Set it up. So uh, you're questioning my journalistic ethics. All right, let me. Let me I didn't run the story. <laughs> I, I, I tried to confirm it. I expected it to be up this, when I woke up this morning. I swear to God, I, <laughs> I know did. you did. I know you did. I, I couldn't confirm the information, so I wanted to go to people that could confirm or not if this was Bigfoot, a.k.a. Steve Ditko on the Internet, at a party drinking a Bex. How strange does this sound? So uh, I emailed Tom DeFalco. I also sent a message to Eric Larson. <laughs> And I uh, I wake up, I go to bed and I wake up and I get a, an email from Tom DeFalco who at 7 a.m. Tom DeFalco says here I'm going to read it to you verbatim. He goes Brad, 
I'm sorry, but that doesn't look like Steve to me. Tom D. is what he wrote. <laughs> and then uh, Eric Larson, uh, I'll read this verbatim, what he wrote to me. He goes, um, Brad, I haven't seen him in 20 years, but it didn't look like Ditko to me. That's what Eric Larson said. And then... Uh, in the Ditko Mania Facebook page, which I'm a member of, uh, I posted, I said, I found this on the forum, is it true? And uh, Jim Salakrop, who is the editor of the Spider-Man no, titles. No, no, it's uh, Danny Fingeroff. Oh, no, I'm sorry, Danny <laughs> Fingeroff. He goes, that's not the Spider-Man Steve Ditko. So, uh, evidently, it's not Steve Ditko. But my God, did I think I found a big... Get a big. I thought I found Bigfoot in the middle so, of the internet. So I woke up this morning, and I get this. this there's a Facebook message waiting for me from Jomo. Yeah, it's not him. <laughs> and, and I'm like, you're so disillusioned right now. But it was right in front of you the entire time. You didn't know a hundred percent. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. All right. <laughs> anyway, that was a little side. I, I, I thought. What, Bailey? Like, Isn't this like when that dude was pretending to be Ace Freely and he was saying he was living under an underpass, and they brought him onto a show and then brought on the real Ace Freely. Is this is this what we're we're kind of getting here? No, because we never level? had the real Ditko. Well, that's true. Brad's <laughs> going to find an old guy like at a 7-Eleven on the way home and say, is that Steve Ditko? <laughs> I, I... <laughs> Mr. Ditko, would you like to come back and visit my family? And eat dinner? I, I want to meet Mr. Ditko. You should, you should have contacted Jonathan Ross uh, over in the UK. Oh, He's actually met yeah. him. Yeah, he would be a good interview. He's a big Spider-Man fan, too. That would be a good interview. Okay, enough Ditko talk. It seems like we have a Ditko topic for a man that doesn't like to do... He hasn't had any In modern two months now, we've spent like an hour talking about Ditko. I, I, I find him fascinating. I really do. And there's a book out about uh, Ditko. It's been out for a few years. I really want to pick that book up. I forget what it's called. It's like a biography of Ditko. I Is it called Steve Ditko, A Biography? No, it's, he's holding a, a beer on the cover, and he's in a denim jacket. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, uh, <laughs> let's talk about another Spider-Man creator who hasn't done any work in a long time. This is news from uh, 1990, as JR likes to call it. Mike, you've got this one. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, you know... Mc, McFarlane. We're talking about Todd McFarlane. I, I, think, uh, I think this question probably is posed to him like once every couple of years, and it's um, yeah. comicbook.com's... Uh, was interviewing Todd McFarlane, and they asked him, you know, speaking of Spider-Man, are there any circumstances under which you would ever draw Spider-Man for Marvel again? Now, before I read this answer, some historical context on this. Uh, McFarlane broke into comics in the mid-'80s, uh, made a bit of a splash at DC doing a book called Infinity Incorporated before jumping over to Marvel. Started out doing... You know, well, yeah, his first big one, I would say, was the Hulk, but then he jumped over to Amazing Spider-Man and blew up to the point where they gave him his own Spider-Man book. Mm -hmm. So extremely popular, making, I I don't even want to think about how much money he was really making, you know, not only in his page count, but for selling, if he sold the pages afterwards, he was, you know, probably making money hand over fist, okay? So... Todd, in every interview I've ever read of him, he seems to be one of these guys that whatever job he is doing right now, that is the most important thing in the world. Like, when he was drawing Hulk, Hulk was his favorite character. When he was drawing Spider-Man, Spider-Man was his favorite character. And I think somewhere in his head, he got it that he could be making more money 
So he and Rob Liefeld, uh, you know, enlist Jim Lee and a bunch of other people, and they leave and form Image. Okay? Mm-hmm. If you read interviews with McFarlane at that time, Marvel was the worst place ever. Okay? <laughs> if you read yep. interviews from about ten years ago, Marvel was a horrible place to work for. They were cheating us, and we got Jim Lee, and we got the F out of there, right? Okay. Right. So this is Todd's reaction to the question from comicbook.com. Let's change a word or two in your question. To the wording of your question, the answer is no. Change a couple of words and say, are there any circumstances that I would draw Spider-Man with, not for, but with Marvel again? Uh, Again, everything's possible. And then he goes on to say, but will I go and draw a book solely for Marvel Comics on a full-time basis? No. Will I do it for DC? No. It's not what I do. That I'm doing. Like I said, I'm trying to figure out uh, time to finish up that movie. So I've got lots of things to fill up whatever idle time I may not be doing comic books. And then, like I said, I like to do coaching. I've got a family and I've got the toy business. I'm quite busy, you know, and I've told people that working for both Marvel and DC, both of them, I had a good time with there. I met good Hmm. people that work for the company and met lots of good friends at conventions and stuff, but I sort of put it in the same bucket as high school in that I enjoyed my time in high school, liked it, liked my friends there, but do I have any intention of ever going back to high school? No. Doesn't mean that I hated high school. Doesn't mean that I have a grudge against high school. Just means that high school is in my past. Marvel Comics, comic books, and DC comic books are in my past. It doesn't mean I didn't enjoy my time while I was there. Hmm. It's like the most positive I've ever heard uh, yeah. heard him speak of those times, which is actually kind of cool in a way, because for many people, uh, especially guys, you know, Brad and my age, you know, coming up in high school and junior high, Todd McFarlane was like the greatest thing ever. Yes. Yep. He, I would say, in my opinion, he was my Jack Kirby. I mean, if, for people that grew up in the in the '60s with Marvel, Jack Kirby was their guy. McFarlane was my guy in the late '80s, early '90s. To the point that when they yeah. they were when the animated series was about to come out, they released that Spider-Man serials, which was basically just rice checks with Lucky Charms marshmallows in it. Yeah, they had like you know Spider-Man's face is on the box, and it looked weird because mm-hmm. it was a more normal looking Spider-Man, not the McFarlane you know elongated chin. And apparently Joe Quesada jumped in on this and said, yeah, they'd they love, a, you know, a Spider-Man spawn or whatever. You know, all things being equal, with so much time having been passed since everything with Image in the creation of that company happened, yeah, why not? You know, screw it. I'd yeah. buy it. The, uh, you know, he at another time in history, I'd say 10 years ago in 2002 when that uh, the first Tobey Maguire DVD came out, McFarlane was in the special features yeah. of that. So, I mean, he's kind of – he doesn't turn down the opportunity to talk about it, I don't think. And if, if, the, if Sony says, hey, you want to be on the Blu-ray – I mean on the uh, DVD special features, he doesn't generally turn them down. But they've talked about that Spawn Spider-Man book for 20-plus years, and it just has never happened. And it would do more benefit for Todd to have Spawn featured than it would for Marvel, I think. I don't know. What do you guys think? Anybody? I'll wait for Jr. to go. <laughs> go ahead, Jr. <laughs> I don't. I don't see it ever happening. I mean, I really. No, I don't see it ever happening. I mean, if it, if it was going to, it would have by now, wouldn't it? Have? I mean, uh, yeah. And and is is Spawn that? You know, how many people remember Spawn these days? Is Spawn really that hot anymore? No, it doesn't sell very well at all in the direct market. It's like like 
two hundred ish, two two fifty ish every month in the diamond list. Well, you know, he doesn't write it and he doesn't draw it anymore. He just owns the character and publishes. it. I think he writes it. I'm not sure. Uh, I, I, think I don't does. think he writes it anymore. Kind of like Jim Davis doesn't write Garfield anymore. I, I tell you, <laughs> but he has his has his name on it. <laughs> I, I tell you, who would like uh, or who would like for this to happen is retailers. Retailers would love for that to happen. Oh hell yeah, that would bring the '90s kids back in. I think it'd bring a lot of people in. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So, uh, I'm game. I, I'd love to interview Todd McFarlane too. He's on my bucket list of interviews. I mean, all things being equal, Spawn was actually the best of those early de- image books. Oh, I agree 100%. I mean, Savage Dragon was a lot of fun. It was never anything other than what it purported to be. It wasn't trying to be all highfalutin. It was Eric Larson drawing big guys, you know, beating the crap out of each other. But Spawn, you know, a little overblown. But, you know, I read the first 30 issues about, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And I actually really enjoyed it. I was like, this is, you know, it's not like the greatest thing ever, but when you compare it to everything else that Image was publishing at the time, it was it was freaking, like, classic. Yeah. I, I kind of jumped off after 30 issues, too. I don't know why I did, but uh, Capullo, who does Batman now, was great. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That replaced him. And he is knocking uh, it out on Batman, too, by the way. Oh, yeah. he d- That's a great book. All right, let's move on to... I like this story, and it just broke uh, this past week, and George... Uh, put it up on the front page about Andrew Garfield and the Bat Kid at the Oscars. Tell me a little bit about this one, George. Yeah, so apparently uh, the Bat Kid from last year, Bailey, you remember that, don't you? The, yeah. And, and, okay, the, give, yeah. Give a little context of the Bat okay, Kid. Okay, so, so Miles Scott is a, a cancer survivor. He fought off leukemia. Um, but, of course, you know, it, it, last I heard, it's in remission. But, you know, that's, it, you're always at risk of that coming back. But this kid's five years old, and he's tough as hell. So Make-A-Wish Foundation actually got the city of San Francisco to go along all day with making him Bat-Kid, and they got him a little costume and everything, and he went around with Batman in a Batmobile, and they went around capturing criminals like the Penguin, I mean, like, yeah, Penguin and Riddler all over the city. That's awesome. They did this all day, and, uh, you know, some, you know, some idiots bitch, and they were like, well, you know, you shut down the city for this one kid, and well, shut up. Yeah, they did. <laughs> and, you know, so and this went on all day long, you know. I mean, you've got cops escorting this kid around. There was a Lamborghini with a Batman symbol on it, you know. It was crazy. And, of course, it's all it was all over the YouTube. It, it, it was huge news, you know, that whole week. So they were going to bring this kid over to the Academy Awards and have a little ceremony for him and make him, you know, an official superhero. Okay, and Andrew Garfield was going to present it. Now, there's differing stories about what happened. Um, there were some stories that came out that tried to say, well, Andrew Garfield didn't want to do it, and he threw a big tantrum when he read his lines. And another story that said, well, they just cut it because of time. Um, I, I tend to believe that second one, that they just cut yeah. it because of time, because Andrew Garfield then goes, once, once they cut Bat Kid from the Academy Awards, you know, so that they have time for Ellen's selfie, um, and the <laughs> pizza thing. Um, so, so they cut that, you know, and, and Andrew Garfield goes to Anaheim, gets a hotel room, and goes to Disneyland with Miles Scott, with Batkid and his family for the entire day. That's so awesome. And then they have their own little superhero ceremony with tuxes and everything later that night in, in Miles' hotel room. And you know what? And I, and I, Brad, we talked briefly about this last night. I, you know, I always make fun of Garfield, you know, and like, oh, I don't know, he's an okay spidey, whatever. I, I don't really like him as a spy, you know. But, you know, and sometimes I'll talk about, y'all, you know, he's got a long neck or whatever. I'm done. I, I'm done ever making fun of this guy anymore. This, this dude just won me over. This was the classiest thing I've, I, I've seen in a while. 
This is a solid, solid human being thing. To it do. really it was. So and, awesome, and, awesome. And, and Garfield, Garfield just made a huge fan out of him. I, I, cut, I read that yesterday. I put it up on the page, and I was like, you know what? Uh, I'm done criticizing this guy. I, you know what? I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm gonna. He gets a pass for life. I, I'm, I'm down. Yeah, he. That was a superhero thing to do. I mean, that was awesome. That was awesome. I mean, to go out and spend the whole day with this kid at Disneyland. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's huge. Jr., what do you think of that when you heard that story? Uh, just awesome, I think. So, so nice. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, what else am I going to say? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm, Bailey, I'm, I'm not that much of a grouchy old man. <laughs> JR's like it happened Monday, Brad. This 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 even opened your cold heart up. I mean, this, this had to have moved you, I think. And Jr's heart grew three sizes then. <laughs> He's crying right now. He just doesn't want us to hear it in his voice. He 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 has tears in his eyes. Bailey, thoughts about this? What do you think? Um, you know, every interview I've ever seen with Andrew Garfield has basically, you know, I've got the impression that, especially as opposed to Tobey Maguire, that one not only is this kind of a you know pretty laid back guy. But he actually likes playing this character. Yeah. He, he has embraced it in a way that the previous guy never did. And I think, you know, when we get to the third one, it's not going to be Andrew Garfield just phoning it in and having some really awkward scenes with who, you know, whatever his love interest is in the film. You know, the fact that he would do this probably makes sense. And, you know, people want to, and, and, and we're just as guilty of this as anybody, but I, I really think that, for the most part, people want to believe the worst. Like, you know, you, you can you get a really sexy headline with Andrew Garfield snubs Bat Kit, and you and you read what's going on, and maybe that's what the story says, or maybe they just blow it out of proportion. Uh, and for the record, I, I really liked the pizza bit in the selfie bit. Uh, I thought that was <laughs> I did, funny. I did too. But but uh, cutting a kid with cancer from the Academy Award seems very cold. Well, yeah. they totally forgot yeah. to to reference Dennis Farina in their People Who Passed Away last year. Thing. Oh, so dude, there you this go. Is why, this is why I don't even watch that crap anymore. This is why I gave it up <laughs> years and years ago. Yeah. Famous people saying, hey, look, love us, celebrate us for being famous. I'm like, eh, yeah, yeah. All right, let's move on to another. This one's an odd, odd story, and I'll take this one. I'll get the setup and get your opinions on it. Uh, this one uh, I saw my local news station. It, it hit all the the local uh, NBC stations and CBS, ABC stations. Uh, over, evidently in Bulgaria, a man dressed in a Spider-Man mask walked into the Bulgaria Parliament, and he had four boxes of butterflies. And he opened the boxes and let the butterflies just fly all over Parliament. And the guy in the Spider-Man mask then tried to leave, but he was detained. I don't know what he would be charged with, maybe a disturbance or a nuisance or something like that. But he has a very odd-looking Spider-Man mask, too. It's a, uh, it covers uh, from the head uh, above the eyebrows to the, to the chin is black, and it's got gold spider webs over it. So it's a different-looking Spider-Man mask. But there's just butterflies flying everywhere. What in the world do you think of this one, fellas? This is off the wall. Well, <laughs> Literally. If, for if it's black with yellow stuff, it ain't a Spider-Man mask, then. Well, who is it? <laughs> Everybody, uh, we've all... It's the, the Monarch and Adventure Brothers. Swarm. Maybe it's the... Maybe yeah. it's Swarm. <laughs> Swarms in Bulgaria, that's what it is. How well, odd is this story? I, <sighs> I don't know what to say. It's just... <sighs> 
It's, I don't, don't either. <laughs> it's, yeah, is, is it any odder than the Spanish government giving people Spider-Man towels if they do, they deposit money in the banks? I don't know. This is along the lines of the Spider-Man towels topic that we had. Oh my god! Well, you know, first of all, consider that this is uh, Eastern Europe. Okay. Then, really, this this thing is like Tuesday for them. I mean, this this is you know. <laughs> well, I mean, he could have he could have caused violence East, with butterflies. No, I mean, he could have came in there with a gun, but he didn't. He came in there with butterflies. So, so Grady invests like the a... building instead of spraying it with bullets? <laughs> now, I'm glad no one was killed by the butterflies. But wouldn't, they, wouldn't they be better served outside? I don't know. I don't know if this guy was spreading love or if he pollinated them with uh, PCP and was trying to make everybody freak out. I don't, I don't know where this, where this cat's like. It's Eastern Europe. Now, my, my knowledge of DC villains is not as good as my Marvel one. Uh, Bailey, has there been a villain that uh, uses butterflies for evil or a hero with butterflies? No, I think the closest you get is the Red Bee, who actually used bees. Uh, so. <laughs> like Swarm. Like Swarm. Yeah, well, no, just not, not as cool. I mean, Swarm had, like, game compared to this guy, so... <laughs> Not, he was a Nazi skeleton, yeah. I want to I want to reemphasize that. Not as cool as Swarm. <laughs> God. Oh, okay. Uh we'll move on from that one. <laughs> let's see. Um let's do the another weird one. Where was the uh where was this where? Okay. Michael, you've got this one. Uh about we're going to Venezuela. We went from Bulgaria, now we're going to Venezuela. Oops. Tell me about I thought we were in Belarus. Hell if I know. We're all over the damn globe. Uh, we, we talked a bit about the ve- uh, Venezuelan president a few months ago causing violence because people are watching Spider-Man movies. Tell, tell me what the latest is with the president. Uh, well, apparently he's, he's blaming Spider-Man for, for right. violence because uh, apparently soap operas and Spider-Man are teaching anti-values uh, yeah. to a younger generation. Um, I like the video. I, I, I really, I didn't. I tried watching the video, but, you know, really can't understand it. But uh, <laughs> I like the part where he thwips. Did you see he thwips? Yeah, but, but, but the thing is is that I can't get past that, uh, that a new agency uh, of such renown would not know that Spider-Man is hyphenated. Uh, <laughs> oh, that happens all the time. So, but, you know, yeah, you, you, had a, you had quite the little tantrum on Facebook about the, the Mar- Walmart not having it on their uh, their. Yeah, signage. But no, it's just uh, there's really nothing much to say here beyond, you know, once again, people uh, in a position of authority are trying to blame everything but what's actually causing the problem on the, you know, with what's causing the problem. So, you know, the fact that he's naming Spider-Man, I think the only thing that really proves is, one, this guy can't dress. And <laughs> good lord, that's awesome. Because because it looks like it it looks like the rain like the primary colors puked on this guy. But <laughs> no, but but I think what it does is show uh, how really international Spider Man has gotten over the past yeah. ten fifteen years. You know, it's not for nothing. Which saying I usually hate, but you know, ever since the Raimi films hit. There hasn't been a year where there wasn't, where, or it seems to me that there wasn't a new line of Spider-Man action figures. You know, several animated series. You know, they, they've, you know, Marvel has really gotten good about marketing this character uh, to the best of their ability. So I guess it's in Spider-Man's favor 
that he's being blamed for... I mean, it's not like Putin's coming out saying it's Spider-Man's fault that there's unrest in the Ukraine, uh, which would actually be, be kind of awesome, really, when you think about it. But still, you know, because that guy's crazy. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's just, you know, this is like one of those things is just like, hey, look at, the, look at the weirdness over International. They mentioned Spider-Man, and that's pretty much all you can say about it. No doubt. This time around, he's blaming soap operas. He, it, a couple months ago, he was saying Spider-Man's to blame. Now soap operas is to blame for anti-values. Yeah, Who's to blame? Sure, I'm pretty sure corruption and, and insane levels of communism are to blame in that country. <laughs> but mostly All corruption. Right. That's that's our our really off the wall get it off the wall kind of stories of off of Spider News. Let's go back to like the comics. Uh, George, you've got this one. One of our favorite books is rumored to be ending at a certain number. Tell me about yeah. This. It looks like uh, Superior Foes of Spider Man. Uh, you know, we originally we ran the news that uh, it looked like it was going to you know to live past issue twelve, um, which is apparently true. But now it, it looks as if it may not get past issue fifteen. Um, I certainly hope that that's not the case. Uh, if it is, I wouldn't be surprised. Now, 15 years old is old for a Marvel title these days. Um, <laughs> yeah. So this this book's getting a little long in the tooth uh, yeah. it, if it hits 15 issues. Um, of course, you know, it could be rebooted into a different type, uh, like Amazing Foes of Spider-Man. You know, we don't know yet. Or uh, they may just end it all together. I hope not because this is, this is one of the funnest books out there. Um, I know when we cover satellites, this is consistently our favorite satellite title, yep. and I'll, I'm, I'm just I'm praying that uh, if if they're going to end this, they take Nick Spencer and Steve Lieber and put them on something else because they are too valuable to you know they're too valuable to um, to let go. They're too valuable, especially to you know let them go over there and go into that you know rebooted DC thing they got going. We were talking last night; they'd be great on Dare, uh, on Deadpool. Yeah, they'd be great on Deadpool. They great with She-Hulk. They they can do something. They need to they need something else yeah. to do. Yeah. I'm sad. Uh Bailey, have you been picking that book up or No, I mean, but to be fair, I really just started reading Superior Spider-Man uh right. recently. Yeah. So, uh uh with with the with uh the new number 1. Oh wait, that's issue 27. But you know, it really looks like <laughs> I know. <they're, sighs> We'll get to that when we review it. <laughs> well, Superman did it back in 1970. So, um, no, I mean it, it's I, there's so much I'm reading right now that I'm trying to get caught up on that adding another title. But this might be one of those things that if I ever get a tablet, it'd be fun to kind of pick up digitally and go through. Right. Yeah. It's it's a hell of a book. All right, uh, Jr. Your turn. We're going to talk about. Oh, it's more old news. <laughs> <laughs> JR's already flipping the screen off at you, Brad, right now. Like, I, I know. Uh, we have an update on that lost Spider-Man graphic novel. Novel. I, I, I can't even talk. <laughs> Brad contacted somebody from the production department from that around that time period, and they don't remember anything about it either. Brad sent out another email to Tom DeFalco who replied, Jesus Christ, let me sleep. <laughs> tell, me, tell me what the latest is, J, uh, JR. <laughs> Well, more news from the 90s. Uh, <laughs> Brad, Brad, Brad starts this out by saying, a couple of weeks ago I brought you an image from a 1990 issue of Marvel Age. Oh, geez. <laughs> Thanks, Brad. I don't know. For, 
for bringing us that image. Anyway, it advertised a graphic novel called Spider-Man Web of Fortune, written by Peter David. Ron Friends was on pencils, and John Romita Sr. on lead guitar. Anyway, that's three of my favorite creators. So I, was, so I was really curious to find out why it was never finished. I reached out to Tom DeFalco, who has worked with artist Ron Friends for years, and he just sent me an update. Well, okay, wait, but whoa, 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 whoa. Brad right. is leaving out part of the story. Okay. What did I do? He's leaving out the part where he first asked Peter David about it. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, and you know why he's leaving that part out? <laughs> well, because Peter David's response was, Jesus Christ, that was 20 years ago. Get a life. <laughs> well, I can't now, believe this. I can't believe this bullshit. Here I, am trying to re- here I am trying to recover from a stroke, regain all my body's motor functions, while trying to maintain my family's livelihood and keep food on the table and my, a roof over their heads, and you're asking questions about a never-completed project from 20 years ago? Why the hell don't you just ask about an amazing Spider-Man cover from the 1960s that Steve Ditko originally drew that Jack Kirby later redrew? Wow. So, while here- drinking Beck's. <laughs> Dude, JR just kicked you in the Tic Tacs. So anyway. I thought we were friends. (laughs) Hey, no, in fairness, Brad did link back to the original one, JR. What's that? I I, I, I linked back to the original (laughs) that I wrote in 1990. Uh. So anyway, so... So pretty well being, you know, smacked down by Peter David, that that didn't stop our intrepid reporter. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So then he emailed (laughs) Tom DeFalco, (laughs) 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 who who probably is sitting there thinking, God, I wish this guy would forget my email. Anyway, (laughs) hi, Brad. After making sure that I first took care of, you know, all the really important stuff in life, I finally remembered to ask Ron Friends about this Spider-Man graphic novel. So, uh, I was about to say, without reading it word for word, and and this I'm not embellishing. Apparently, uh, what it was, was, you know, there was no deadline, so whenever Ron had spare time, because I guess he was in demand quite a bit at the time, he'd just do a few pages and send them in, you know, and then, you know, this goes on, but the thing is, it kept changing editors, and uh, then when he tried to when he tried to find out, he said, hey, I got some more pages, who do I send them to? It's like, uh, we don't know. Well, who's in charge of this? Well, we don't know, uh, <laughs> and I guess that pretty well is the end of the story. I mean, yeah. when, when you read it, uh, uh, it said, uh, uh, Ron isn't, I think, uh, oh, I, bear, I wonder why, I, mean, I, I heard something come up. Maybe this will say, hurry it up, JR. Oh, no, it's uh, it's about the great Muppet caper. Okay, well, all right, that's really relevant. Uh, <laughs> well, don't read the text window. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was about to say, at least that's more current than this. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> but anyway, so... Ron isn't sure how many pages he completed. Uh, needless to say, Ron is curious when, if ever, he's going to get his share of the pencil pages back. That's right. all I was able to learn. Now go screw yourself, Tom D. Um, no, he didn't write that. Oh, oh no, no, he no, I he used another word instead of screw, but you don't like us to use that word, so. <laughs> but really, I. I have to make the news section current, according to Jr. Uh, I can't. I can't do any spider history. Jr. is tired oh, of leading off all the segments with "Let me knock the dust off this one." 
<laughs> We're going way back to '74 this week with the guy who doesn't like who does spider history doesn't like doing history anymore. All right. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like being typecast. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, in fact, the spider history segments are now going to be by Adele Dezima. Anyway, Adele uh, <laughs> what, what were you saying, Bailey? <laughs> I was just about to say he likes history when it's like relevant, like talking an old story, not like rumors from 20 years ago. So. Good God. Way to hit a reporter in the junk, call it rumors. I love it. I got a, I got a confirmation, a direct source here. Anyway. Yeah, all right. Yeah, Which is better than the Ditko thing. So. I didn't run the Ditko thing. <laughs> you wanted to, though. Deep down, oh, by God, God you I, wanted to. God, did I want to run it? Oh, my God, I wanted to. I bet if we if we log into the, uh, the, the admin <laughs> section of the site, there's an article just sitting there waiting to Wait. be published. I didn't get that far, Bailey. It was 2 a.m. You know, you know, Tom DeFalco is going to start emailing Brad every morning at 7 a.m. saying, Good morning, Brad. What obscure, archaic bit of, of history can I clear up for you today? Is there something you want to ask me about the inking on an issue of Captain America that I didn't even edit? Let me know. Love, Tom D. <laughs> well, JR, you're wow. going to get a lot more. Imagine if we had liquor. <laughs> oh God! I'd be I'd be bleeding. Uh, <laughs> Jr. is drinking now. He always is. Jr. is just half <laughs> three, three fingers of scotch and eating cake. Um, oh, but God. you know this this is uh, kind of well, getting more. back to the story. This it, it it seems like utterly ridiculous. You know <laughs> when you think about it that uh, editors that like there'd be this project that was solicited and an artist was doing pages and then like nobody you know nobody knew who was in charge of it anymore. But yeah. then again, think about it. this was the company that didn't keep Jack Kirby's original six-page Spider-Man proposal back in the day. You know, they lost that, so it's not surprising they lose something else. Uh, and anybody anybody who's contacted a corporation for something only to uh, be told it's not the right department and then get switched around, and then about the fifth time you get you get uh, transferred, you get the original guy who told you this wasn't the right department. Uh, yep. This probably isn't that surprising. It's, uh, I mean, in what the early '90s, you know, I, I, they probably Marvel probably had to do some holographic covers or something at the time. And you know. I hope Friends got paid for the work he did. You know, I'm sure yeah. he got paid for the work that he did. But what makes this yeah. potentially big is the part where you know Defalco's like, well, Ron's wondering when he's going to get those pe- those pages back. There, there's a small corner of the internet, you know, comics fandom that will run with that, that will pick that up and make that a cause. <laughs> about getting Ron his page back. What's up, Marvel? Get him his damn artwork back. You know, I mean, I'm serious. That people will go crazy for that. Twenty-four-year-old artwork. He wants. Yeah. My goodness. All right. Uh, thank you, Jr. That was very insightful. No, no, uh, <laughs> let's do something more modern. Bailey, you've got this one. There's a new um, uh, mini series coming out, written by Dan Slott, called "Learning to Crawl Space." I mean, crawl. <laughs> I learned into crawl. Now, it, this isn't a miniseries. This is from the Amazing Spider-Man. It's it, from the it's way the, the article was reading is that it's the first story arc. It it takes place. There's Amazing Spider-Man one. There's number two. There's number three. In between number oh, one and two, okay, Spider-Man one point one, one point two. I see what's going. Okay. That's, yeah, that's what's going to happen. That's really. I mean it. 
on okay, so I, I, I guess I, I should actually talk before I him and haw some more and, and not make any sense. I'm starting well, starting to turn they, into the Hugh Grant of this podcast, but well, they they did it su- successfully with Amazing Spider-Man 700 and 700.1.2. It sold better than an average Spider-Man miniseries. But basically, Dan Slott has written a story that takes place in the early days of Peter's uh, career as Spider-Man. Uh, and instead of, uh, you know, doing kind of like the untold tales of Spider-Man where it's like filling in the gaps or doing kind of like the whole, like, you know, straight in, we're going to do the new version of the origin like Byrne did with uh, Spider-Man Chapter 1, uh, it seems like he has created this teenaged villain for the teenaged hero to fight. Now, there, there are ways you kind of poke fun at that, but that's not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. in any stretch of the imagination. Not that I'm, like, jumping up and down the read this. I'm sure we're going to be covering it on the show, so I'm going to have to. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, it, it doesn't have to be bad. I mean, Slots really knocked, knocked me over with the writing in, uh, you know, the Superior Spider-Man that I've picked up. So mm-hmm. I'm going to discount it. I mean, I don't... Part of me just feels kind of weird that they're once again retreading this ground. But, yeah. you know, Slot did it really good with the Spider-Man Human Torch miniseries, so why not? Right. Uh, JR or George, thoughts on this uh, Learning to Crawl? Um, no, I, I'm i kind of dreading this stuff that they're going to start wedging in between the numbers. Yeah. You know, I I just, it, it's overkill, it's it's oversaturation, and I don't know that it's really necessary. Do Do we need to see... Spider-Man and, and a story that goes back to his origin. How about we try to get the character right now first? Mm-hmm. How about that? Because that's something that this team still hasn't done, as far as I'm concerned. Well, well they, you know, they've been messing with Ock and doing it well. Yeah, but, they, they, no, with Doctor Octopus, are, you know, they're knocking it out of the park. But they still haven't yeah. proven to me that they even know how to tackle Peter, uh, Peter to be with. So, you know, I, I don't know. I'm mixed. Jr., your thoughts on it? Well, actually, the teenage—it almost reminds me. Maybe they're doing a Marvel version of Kickass or something. I mean, wasn't that teenage hero, teenage supervillain? You know. So, I mean, you know, it's—I don't want to be—I don't want to be automatically negative uh, about something that could turn out to be actually very entertaining. Uh, but I—I'm I, getting a little weary of. Uh, I don't know. I just almost wish they would leave the origin alone. It's like, and, and not just with Spider-Man, but with all these, all the superheroes. I mean, you know, particularly those superheroes whose origins really aren't dated. You know, I mean, well, I mean, obviously Spider-Man's is dated with the radioactive spider and stuff, but still it's, you know, it's a spider bites him, he becomes Spider-Man, you know, and like Batman, you know, his parents get killed and he becomes Batman and Superman's an alien from a dying planet. I mean, those are simple, you know. Why reta- why why do you have to retell them all the time? What what can, what can you say new about it each and every time? All you do is put people in modern hairstyles and on you know driving modern cars. So I really I, I and, and I've never I've never really seen a re re rejiggering of an origin that I liked. Um, you know, simply because it really, it very seldom ever adds anything. I mean, the original origin was usually, it was usually pretty short, sweet, simple, and that's all you needed to know. 
I'm not. Uh, I'm not sure this one is is redoing the spider bite, etc. I think it's it's, it's not, adding. But it's like it, learning to use his powers, and 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 you know, I'm not yeah. interested in that period of Spider-Man's history. To be honest, it's like you know, learning. You know, it's like uh, remember that one where he was the wrestler a few years ago. You yeah, know, we got that five the... issue miniseries. Who the hell cared about Spider-Man's fledgling wrestling career? And sleeping with a older woman and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, I just, I'm just really not interested in the <laughs> the summer of '62. <laughs> I mean, but I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I, 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 I could give it a sh- to be pleasantly surprised by it, but you know, it just, it right. just, it's certainly not something that I'm demanding. You know, to see another, you know, uh, going back to Spider-Man's early years again. From what I understand, this will take place because Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man Superior, etc., is released twice a month. This will be the second book of the month. So, uh, that's that. All right. Um, Let's see. Let's do one more. We've got two more news items before we wrap this one up with a bow. Uh, George, you've got this one, a bit of movie news about Sony. Tell me what what's the latest with that? <laughs> yeah, so uh, Sony basically just wants to make it rain Spider-Man movies, um, yep. but you know Sony says a lot of crazy shit. Um, one time I remember Sony <laughs> said that they looked um, that they looked at the Spider-Man franchise thing that could go on for like you know seventeen movies or so, like James Bond, and then of course they rebooted it within you know just after three movies. Um, so I don't, I take it with a grain of salt. Uh, you know. The, the the problem with Sony's plan is that you know compared to Marvel, Marvel has a Marvel can do this. Marvel can do two Marvel movies a year because they have a much wider and and diverse and varied base to choose from. Sony Spider Man. That's it. That means you know so our audience is going to get tired of one Spider-Man you know, movie a year. Now, they're also including Venom into that, and they're including the Sinister Six, which I still don't know how that's going to be a movie. I don't know how you make a movie about villains and then there's no hero in it at all. 30 dozen, maybe? I don't know. Unless they're going to have Spider-Man in it without Peter Parker in it, you know, and it's just Spider-Man. One thing, what I was thinking about how they could do the Sinister Six movie and include Spider-Man in it is make it... Make the Spider-Man uh, like a a stunt guy, and have Andrew Garfield record lines for it, uh, just like a, a, an animated movie or something. I mean, you could have the voice of it. Yeah, that's it, that's. It, it, he wouldn't have to. He wouldn't have to appear in it. it seems to me that 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 would be a way that they would go, where it's yeah. it's from their point of view or something. But right. I mean, how, you can do that once. You can do that twice, three times. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Yeah, and and another another wrinkle in this is that Garfield. Now you know, and I I just said good things about Garfield. Actors don't want to stick around for the longest time when they right. do this thing. They want to, you know, they'll sign on for two, three movies. Three is the standard deal now, mm-hmm. but they don't want to stick around for that. They don't want to. They don't want to, you know, be. He doesn't want to be Spider Man for the next fifteen years. Yeah. Plus, he's going to be forty five. I mean, you know, they're wanting to do one movie a year for like nine years. Garfield will be forty. There's no way. 40-year-old Spider-Man. So it makes me wonder, what are they going to do? Are they going to reboot it again? And sure they will, because they don't give a damn. <laughs> they, they, they'll reboot it again, and we'll get, you know, is, we'll get a brand new origin again. Oh, God, I can't. Uh, the thing is, uh, Spider-Man, generally, at least with books, he can't support a book that he's not in for very long. Like Venom, the most recent one lasted 40 issues. That's almost, that's uh, almost, you know, almost four years. I mean, that's three and a half years. 
I, I know, but Ven- Venom is the only character that I can think of that has had any spin-off ability from the Spider-Man universe. Well, I guess the uh, the Punisher count. Does Punisher count? I don't know. He was introduced. Kane in had his own book for two years. Yeah, Kane. Uh, I don't think you can make. I don't well, think you can count Punisher at this point. Yeah, because Punisher kind of became his own thing in the eighties when when that mini- when that limited series hit. It was, uh, you know, kind of like out of the shadows, and it became a force to be right. I mean, there were like what three Punisher titles going on at once. Like there's there were, generally three in a miniseries at some point. You know, <laughs> it was so much Punisher. Not to mention all those graphic novels and stuff. So yeah, who wrote that first limited? Was that Steve Grant? I remember Steve Grant. Yes, I remember Mike Zach Mike drew it, Zach. and that was awesome. He drew the first four issues. I forget who did the fifth issue, and Joe Duffy scripted the fifth issue because they weren't expecting it. It was only supposed to be a yeah. four issue limited series, and it, the, the first issue apparently sold out within thirty seconds of it hitting comic shelves. So mm. I remember uh, a little. I'll share a little Punisher miniseries story. Uh, when that came out, what was it, 86, Bailey? 85. 85. About 86 or 87, I went to a comic book convention in, in uh, St. Louis. And I, I never was able to get the Punisher miniseries. So I'd pick up uh, uh, an issue here, an issue there, but I never could get that issue one. And I found it uh, for sale, and I, I got it like as a Christmas gift. My grandpa took me to the comic book convention, and... Uh, it was $25, I remember, and that was a lot of money back in the 80s. And uh, the the guy handed me, it was a mint copy of Punisher number one, and he goes, now, you're going to take care of this, aren't you? <laughs> I'll never forget the comic book dealer. I guess I was like eight or nine. And uh, I, I'll never forget the seller saying, you're going to take good care of this. What, what are like you, adopting lying. a puppy? I mean, I know, I was just going to say, it was like I was adopting a puppy. And he, he, he told me to take care of this issue. And the, and the issue is still mint condition. So, sir, on the very, very rare slim chance that you're listening, I took good care of it. I mean, yeah, I mean, today that's worth tens of dollars. So <laughs> it's still probably worth twenty five bucks. Isn't it? Now wait a minute. You said your grandfather took you. Is this the same grandfather yeah. that ripped up your issue of Marvel Team Up with Spider Man and Nightcrawler? Yeah, yeah. But that one, yeah. I was being bad. I was like four or five. But uh, no, he 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 took me to my several first comic book conventions. So he supported. He enabled me. <laughs> but uh, now if Jr. If this had been Jr. who'd gone and gotten that comic, and the guy's like, now listen, you're going to take care of that, aren't you? Jr. would have looked the dude stone cold in the eyes, dropped the issue on the floor, and pissed on it. <laughs> right in front of the guy. <laughs> now it's, it's near piss, <laughs> not near mint. There's <laughs> yeah, something that, for some reason tonight, I'm picturing Jr. picture him. I see Lee Marvin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did, too, yeah. That's awesome. No. Uh, oh, I like it. <laughs> well, uh, we, didn't, we didn't even open it up, did we? We went off on Punisher. Uh, gang, what do you think of a Spider-Man movie every year mixed in with like Venom and Sinister Six? I have no interest okay. in it, really, to be honest. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll go see it because we're Spider-Man fans. Yeah. It's gonna, it's gonna dilute it. It's gonna dilute it a lot. Yeah. But, but Hollywood is littered with all kinds of unproduced projects. I mean, so it's, it's you would almost have to, I, I you know. You would almost have to actually see if they can pull it off or not, you know, before opining on it. But uh, I, I would say the odds are against that you'll you'll see this this grandiose plan unfold. 
I agree with your dilution of it. It will make the Spider-Man brand uh, cheaper, I think. Well, the Sony, another Sony. I understand it'll Sony get it closer to Marvel. I think for them getting the rights. Back. I understand Sony wants to do it because Sony is cash trapped. This is the only thing they have that makes money for them. That's why you've got Amy Pascal out there saying, you know, I'll I'll let go of this. You know, you can take this from my cold dead hands. I'll never turn this over. Um, it's the only thing they have that makes a lot of money for them, and it's making less and less money for them as they go on. Um, so I, it's going to get to a point where people are just going to be tired of it. Well, if they're so cash, they just let Disney write him a big ass check for it, and you know, take it back unless it, unless well, it's like an ego. Thing. No, I don't think a one Disney would write a billion dollar check. I think Disney would. I think well, I don't know that Disney would pay a billion, but Disney would pay a lot of money to get Spider Man back. But here's the rub: Sony needs franchises. They don't just need you know a, um, a Spider Man. They need Spider Man because they can get several movies out of Spider Man, then reboot it and just start over from scratch because then people will see it. Um, they need more franchise things like that. They are hungry for franchises. Franchises make a lot of money. Marvel rewrote the story on franchises. So, you know, they're desperate for that's why you've got Fox now who are who are talking about, well, you know, you look at what Marvel's doing, we're gonna start combining the X Men and the Fantastic Four. Which the X Men, you know, the, now that Brian Singer's back, I'm actually excited about Days of Futures Past, even though the Fantastic Four movie looks like it's going to be a big pile of ass. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Yes. Oh my gosh! So, you know, it's it's that that's what they're looking at. They're looking at a bigger picture. But Sony, unfortunately, has they're look, trying to look at a bigger picture with a very small camera. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They don't even have Ghost Rider anymore. The Sony had a deal. What what was it? Uh, they got Ghost Rider and Spider Man of the Marvel rights, and and I don't think there's another one that they had. But anyway. Uh, last bit of news. Uh, Mike, you've got this one. Are you a fan of the Spectacular Spider-Man cartoon? Yeah, I watched the first season on Netflix and absolutely loved it. My wife and I actually watched the whole thing together over, like, a couple of days. And I I really thought that I likened it to they did for Spider-Man what Batman animated series did for Batman. They kind of distilled it to its essence re-envisioned some stuff, you know, jiggered with it a little bit, but at the same time created this really exciting and, and dynamic cartoon, and I I loved it, and I'm glad and now the, series, the entire series is coming out on Blu-ray for like 40 bucks, right. which is a really good deal overall. I mean, these things are getting cheaper and cheaper anyways, but still. The, the, the thing is, it ne- the season they released a Season 1 complete DVD set, yes. and they never released a Season 2 complete set. And Spider-Man fans were just like, well, when are they going to do that? You'd had to, you had to originally buy like four uh, boxes, which had like three episodes on them to get the whole second season. So now it's in high def, so that's even cooler, I think. Yeah, I mean, the, it, so. what, it, what I liked about the show was it was fun. Yeah. And even, when it, even when the villains were getting kind of seri- serious, it, it seemed to be like if Ultimate Spider-Man had been more like this... Maybe I would yeah. have enjoyed Ultimate Spider-Man a little more. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes any sense, but um, no, I, I, I'm really, I'm really excited that it's coming out to Blu-ray. But then again, everything's getting released on Blu-ray. I've got a TV series coming out on Blu-ray, and I don't even remember filming it. So. <laughs> now, the series that all Spider-Man fans want that has yet to be released in season sets on uh, DVD or Blu-ray is the '70s. The '70s live action. I think you're overselling it, Brad. I mean, come on! Let's, I, let's I def- would buy the hell out of that. This is the same guy who 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 wanted it to be Ditko. 
Oh no, let's <laughs> not go back there. And 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 and, and okay. In all seriousness, yeah. uh, okay. that would be cool. I would like yes. to see it. It would be one box set because there was only like twenty some odd episodes of that. No, there season. wasn't even that. Was oh. there? I think there was like nine. No, I think there's less than ten. Yeah. So yeah. So it's not like there would be box sets. It would be like three discs, maybe two. But you know, <laughs> you know, Nicholas Hammond likes talking about it. I mean, I've never seen him shy away from it. I mean, he's he's more. It's kind of funny that he's kind of been forgotten for that, and is just now still more well known as being one of the Von Trapp kids in The Sound of Music. Right. But I remember when the Rainy film, the first Rainy film was coming out, he did a round of interviews and seemed really willing to talk about it. And all things being equal, while that show was your typical 70s action show just with Spider-Man in it, I liked him in the role. I liked him as people. I did, too. I did, too. JR, do you have fond memories of the 70s show? Did you get excited in the late 70s? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm setting it up. Hit it. Well, the things I was getting excited about in the late 70s were, uh, you know, tend to be a little uh, – no, it wasn't so much Spider-Man. But anyway, um, you know, I did like Nick Hammond in the role. I really I really did. I, I thought he was a, an excellent choice. Uh, the, the stories were just abysmal, though. I mean, it got to the point – where uh, once they got to like the prison riot story, I, I couldn't. I just I left the room, couldn't watch it. It was so bad. Um, it's just but, how could they take this great character and tell such bad stories? But uh, the sheer fact that Spider-Man was on television forgave a lot of that. Well, only to a point. Only to yeah. a point. I mean, it, you know, it, it was it was tolerable that like that they did the pilot. And yeah. then they did like five episodes of a first season, and those were kind of tight. Then when they did like they tried to go like a full half season <laughs> or whatever with thirteen episodes, that yeah. thing just never it just never got out of the box. I mean it just right. it was awful. Um, it, it really was unwatchable. But still, you know, going back to the original conversation, you know, I, I don't know why it hasn't been released. I mean it's. There's, I don't I mean, know. Maybe it's a rights issue or something. It has to be well, a rights it, issue. It got know? a video release. A Rhino video released the entire series over like you know five or six tapes. I still have somewhere in this house the pilot because because uh, that was the only one I could find at the time. Because uh, right. for some reason I got on this kick where I wanted to own all of the Marvel pilots. Oh, uh, <laughs> the fact that I bought the Captain the two Captain America ones on DVD a couple years have ago. Mercy. Uh, it was ten bucks at Walmart. I mean, what the hell? Why, why not? Yeah. You, the thing is, though, you can't find any reason why. I mean, for example, if you want to know what the problems are with like the Batman series from the '60s coming to TV, you can find all kinds of people talking about the reasons why that hasn't, you know, can't, mm-hmm. you know, can't get out of the bottle. But nothing about the Spider-Man series is, you know, is Marvel embarrassed by it? <laughs> you know, like Alvia Rod trying to tear up all the prints of the old Fantastic Four movie. Well, I don't think it's a matter of like Disney and the Song of the South. I don't know. I, it's, maybe it's just forgotten. <laughs> what, people, I mean, it's what, Disney. I mean, the they are Spider-Man show was racist. Is that what no, I mean, <laughs> there's a there's George a reason exactly why the song, where I was going with that. <laughs> no, the the seventy. I mean, no, no. I mean, so what the hell? Disney is a shame. 
is ashamed of that movie. I don't think Disney's ashamed of the well, the 70s Spider-Man show. Well, Peter Parker becomes Spider-Man because the plantation owner beats Uncle Remus to death. Is that it? <laughs> you know, in a, it, 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 if, I, it, if I if I had stopped the crazy landowner from uh, you know running after Uncle Remus with or, or well, I don't know. I don't know what you're doing. Twippity doo dah, twippity doo, hey. In all honesty, though, uh, yeah, the the '90s series hasn't gotten a proper DVD release in the United States. There, it got one in the UK. Yeah, a buddy of mine over there has it. Uh, but you know, and, and, and Netflix was running it for the longest time, but that really hasn't. And and to be fair, I'm yeah. kind of more embarrassed by that show than by the 70s show because while the second season of the Fox show uh, the Fox animated series was pretty good the, the first season was kind of ass and uh, that show kind of deteriorated pretty fast as it went well it, is it still on Netflix? I know Amazing Friends is and that hasn't been released in a box set in the United States either it might be you know because there was that weird thing where Disney suddenly had the rights to them because they bought ABC Family. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then there was that weird time period where Disney XD was showing Amazing Friends along with like the Superman and Batman animated series, which yeah, that was weird. Just felt weird on a lot of levels. So, but yeah. you know, all things being equal, I would like you know I would like to see all this stuff released on DVD because you know. At the very least, it'd be fun to have in the collection, and you know, me too. Yeah, I'm just wanting to take it out and watch it. And Spider-Man sells. I don't understand why they don't do it. I just never understood. That.